Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. Plant medicine is a unique path to healing and to deepening your intuition and self-awareness. Lucy Baldwin joins the show as my guest discussing psychedelics and relationships. If you've ever been curious about medicine work, this episode is for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this exciting episode with my guest, Lucy Baldwin. Lucy and I met during personal growth work together, not related to psychedelics, but we found that we have a a bit of an overlap in our experience. And so she is a podcast host of her own podcast called Psychedelic. And then she is also a psychedelic integration coach. And we're going to talk today about how this medicine can enhance relationships, how it may hinder relationships with ourselves, with others, and um, the power of, of these substances. So welcome, Lucy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. So let's start off just by better understanding, how did you get into psychedelics? So I got into, well, my first psychedelic experience was in high school. Actually, my sophomore year of high school, I took mushrooms. And in at the high school that I went to, there was a lot of use of mushrooms and LSD. And so I did a lot of psychedelic, you know, those, those psychedelics, um, in high school and throughout all of my college years and um, ultimately ended up discovering ayahuasca through friends who invited me to a ceremony. And that was where I became really dedicated to the path of working with psychedelics as medicine, even though all the work I had done with psychedelics up until then had been very medicinal for me and had been very focused on sort of my intellectual interests and my philosophical obsessions. Um, It had been more recreational until I stepped into the space with the ayahuasca and realized that um, it was a much bigger picture that I had been missing and just fell so deeply in love with it and felt like this was absolutely my calling and my path. And um, I got a little bit I, I maybe took it a little bit too far in that direction for a while. Um, and I've since figured out that I need to moderate and that ayahuasca isn't the answer to everything in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, now I feel like I have a very healthy, balanced approach to my work with psychedelics and my personal growth experience in general. Mm, I appreciate that balance and that uh, understanding both of your purpose, but also of the, the limitations to whether it's a substance or whether it's a particular teacher, like it's so easy to put something on a pedestal and, and get overly indexed, indexed on that. Yes. Yep. And you can do that with anything. Definitely. Exactly. Exactly. So how have these substances influenced your relationship with yourself? Well, in so many ways, um, I think at the heart of it is coming to the ultimate realization that I am the medicine and the medicine is me. And, um, it took me a while to get to that. I I guess I intellectually knew that at some point, um, early on, I, I realized that intellectually, but I didn't, 
really feel it in the moment or in the moments that um, I'm bringing the medicine in everything that I do. And um, so I get really into the idea of like radical self-responsibility mm-hmm. and um, trying to walk that's, you know, could be a fine line with this idea of spiritual bypassing. So just really taking responsibility for what's happening and how I'm, how I'm responding to things, but also giving myself the space to feel what I need to feel and to um, be authentic in my, my responses to things. And so I guess to be, to that's sort of a broad uh, explanation, but on a more sort of lower level, it's just, spending so much time with myself in such discomfort and and committing to show up again and again to such discomfort has just really I've shown myself that I'm so deeply willing to show up for myself even through just such hardship (laughs) that um because yeah so that I guess I'll just leave it at that thank you I, I love that fierce commitment to yourself I feel that sense of independence is really important before we create an interdependent relationship. You know, we have codependence and then we kind of graduate from codependence to be more independent. And then ideally we kind of graduate from being fiercely independent to being interdependent. And it feels like you have a really beautiful interdependence in your relationships and your community and that sense of opening, but also knowing like we've got our own back. And I love that that line you said, or the, the offering you made of, I am the medicine and the medicine is me. It feels really contained in a, in a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how have these substances influenced your romantic relationships? Oh, hugely. (laughs) So when I, um, when I got together with my ex-husband, we did a lot of LSD and um, we did it at, I don't know, at least four times a week, probably for a couple of months. That is a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. And, um, and then we jumped in really heavy in that time. And, um, and then we had sort of a very, we sort of fell off the, with the, the LSD because life got real. We, we graduated college. We had, we started to have responsibilities and commitments and things that we needed to do. And we settled into sort of a very, not, not very healthy, not very connected relationship. It was, we didn't fight, but we just, we didn't, there was no fire there. There was no, you know, we were like friends. We were like business partners or something. And then when I started working with the ayahuasca, um, I, I woke up to the fact that I was not in a, the relationship that I wanted to be in. And that was shown to me very clearly through working with ayahuasca. Um, and I ended up getting divorced and um, finding a new partner who had never done ayahuasca, but was interested in it. And at the time I had this story that I couldn't be with somebody who wasn't going to be committed to being on this ayahuasca path with me. And, um, and that was very interesting in our relationship because he came and he did the medicine and he did a good amount of the medicine and he realized that it really wasn't for him. And I was then faced with the, the, the question of, okay, well, 
am I willing to give up this whole, this ideal that the person that I need to be with has to be on this path with me? And uh, because he's not on that path, but what I ultimately learned is that he, he's on his own parallel path and um, trusting that his path is the right path for him. And also realizing that we can grow together and we can be in, cause, cause he's, he's the one for me. I mean, he's, he's just amazing <laughs> in, in every other, in every way. And so um, the, I don't know if I'm really answering your question. I'm just kind of giving a lot uh, an overview, but yes, I would say, yeah, I would say psychedelics have informed or been involved in almost every every really big relationship decision that I've made. Mm-hmm. One thing I really love about your share is I feel it relates to even if someone hasn't experienced psychedelics or doesn't want to experience psychedelics, there are going to be things in your partnership where you need to what we call hold differences, like understand that each person has a different viewpoint and you don't have to merge viewpoints. You don't have to agree as long as it's not something that you consider to be an absolute deal breaker. But I find that in a lot of relationships, relationships with my clients and relationships with my friends, you will somehow be drawn to a partner who represents something that you thought you either couldn't do or that you thought you needed and that they don't have. It it like makes us confront what we thought about relationship or what we thought about these criteria or checklist for relationship. And so it might be someone's spirituality or religion, or it might be their looks, or it might be, like you said, are they doing ayahuasca uh, and on that path or are they on their own path? But the way you said it was so beautiful, like they are on a parallel path. And I think that's what we in quotation should, should all be looking for is someone who's fiercely committed to their own path and who still wants to connect and grow and build a loving relationship with us. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's amazing how we get so caught up in these stories about what we think we need and um, what we're looking for. And the reality is, is that we just, we don't even know that that totally limits us to seeing what's actually in front of us or, or the other possibilities that could be out there. Absolutely. Thank you for giving voice to that. You know, it's interesting because we're at a time in society where psychedelics are becoming more and more talked about. I I don't know if I would use the word mainstream, but there's a lot of celebrities that talk about them or podcast, you know, leaders like Joel Rogan. Goop just had their Goop Lab Netflix series. And one of the episodes was about psychedelics. And they talked mainly about psilocybin and which is mushrooms and MDMA. But it's interesting that we as a society are given an opportunity to come closer to the medicines or to develop judgments of the medicines. And before I had even done a psychedelic, I had dated someone who had done mushrooms in Thailand. And I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know what kind of mushrooms or what that was, but he had a very, very rough experience. I don't know what his dosage was. There wasn't a shaman. I mean, it was its its own thing, but I had had I had had a judgment about psychedelics and I came from a pretty puritanical Midwestern Christian upbringing. And it felt like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm never going to do something like that. And then a yoga teacher that I really admire and respect, she also leads medicine circles and something just clicked. And I realized that I wanted to do that. I wanted to experience that. And it was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life, but also a very opening and, and humbling experience. So the point of this ramble is just to say that I, I hope that as society and as, as um, you know, a country, we can 
be a little more open-minded about the therapeutic benefits of this. And that's why a lot of people and, and us included on this episode are calling it medicine because you can use it recreationally and you can also use it medicinally. And even I think the FDA has approved MDMA in small doses and um, for PTSD. So there are massive healing benefits to the body, the nervous system and the psyche from having a different awareness when held in a really safe container. Yes, absolutely. For me, it's, um, you know, as in, as in a psychedelic integration coach, I very much steer it towards the medicinal experience and treat it as a medicine. And um, I have, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about like having a bad trip and things like that. And I kind of have a little bit of a smile inside when I hear about people who are trying to do it recreationally and have a bad trip because um, there is sort of something funny about this where you can't, you can't assume that you're going to have a good time on it. And sometimes you're going to get an ass whooping that you might not have wanted, but it's what, what you maybe need. And, um, so I don't, <laughs> I don't really agree. I guess I don't really believe in the idea of a bad trip because I think that, um, if you're coming, if you're coming at it from a recreational standpoint, then of course you're going to say it was a bad trip because you were trying to have a good time. But if you're coming at it from a medicinal standpoint, you're going to say, well, that was hard and challenging. And it's a totally different lens through which you're looking at it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So assuming that someone is going to be doing it with a ceremony and a shaman or in the context of therapy or in a, a container that feels safe and held with a strong intention for healing or, or something related to growth versus just having a good time, like which substances would you say are good for enhancing relationships and opening the heart? So I know that MDMA specifically is used for this therapy a lot of people use it for relationship therapy because it really opens your heart and you can, it just, it, it helps you really connect with people. So I think that would be, I would say the number one MDMA is tricky because it's hard to find real MDMA. There's so much out there that says it's MDMA. That's not, and that's kind of scary. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that pops up for me is, is psilocybin mushrooms because something like mushrooms, they're sort of uh, less intense. And so you can do them like something like ayahuasca. I wouldn't recommend doing at home. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. And it's just, it's very intense. You don't know what you're going to get when you drink ayahuasca and you don't really have any ability to direct it. It directs you. Um Whereas with the, with psilocybin, you can set intentions and then you can guide your experience as you're happening, as you're having it. So if you're in a relationship and you decide to take mushrooms together, you can set up a, a safe container in your home or out in nature or wherever you want to be. And by a safe container, I mean, you know, have things ready for you that you might need, like water and food, and just sort of decide like, okay, we're going to do something that's a sacred space and um, just to let your subconscious know that this is different from normal reality and we're not here to play we're here to do this thing and then um, in as the experience is happening you can you know talk about your talk to each other and connect with each other and actually be present for the process so be able to 
you know, let's talk about these things that are coming up in our relationship right now in, you know, in this moment and stuff like that. Whereas with something that's really strong, you, it would be really hard to do that. So I feel like psilocybin is great for that, but you could also do that exact same thing with MDMA. Thank you for sharing that and, and talking about those nuances. And I'm glad you explained what container means for you. I think that's absolutely critical so that we feel safe and we feel connected to whoever we're doing it with or to ourselves, or to, you know, God or spirit or how we want to give voice to it. And, and if you're doing it with a partner or with someone that you don't know that well, it's okay to set agreements. Like I don't want to have there be touching unless, unless, you know, I ask for that or, um, you know, I don't want to, uh, whatever, go outside or I do want to go outside. I mean, you never know what's going to come up because like you said, it's a completely different experience than what you can imagine. But having some rules of the road, if you're worried about it can really help and, and, or having like a shaman or someone facilitating the process can also really help. Yes, absolutely. And another thing that's really big, it seems like a, it almost seems anecdotal, but this is huge is having music that comforts you that's on deck that you can play and know like okay if things get rough we're gonna listen to this music and either dance it out or lay down or whatever but music helps so much with psychedelics yes thank you for sharing that can you explain why that is with the sound and the visuals and all of that yeah, I think it's just um, because it gives our mind something to focus on that has um, a f- familiar patterns and um, <laughs> I don't really know. They're just because it's so magical, because it, it's the, the frequency of the, the vibrations and just the way that your, your brain, our brains connect with music in a way that just totally blows my mind. Uh, my my relationship with music has been a huge part of my work with psychedelics because I, I felt like I never heard music before I did ayahuasca. Mm, yeah, it has a whole different like texture and there's a word for it, but I can't remember what that word is where you can like see the music. Yes. Synesthesia? I synesthesia, but I don't think that's the word. I'm not really sure what the word is either. <laughs> That's okay. It is a, it is a beautiful experience. So, so why are people drawn to psychedelics? Like you've shared your experience and my experience, it was something that someone I trusted on my spiritual journey. My yoga teacher, um, was, was kind of how I got into it. And then a partner in the future is also how I got into it, a partner who had been into it in the past. Um, but let's say someone isn't coming to it through those channels. They just know that they need some healing. In my experience, if someone is really in their mind and having a hard time connecting to their heart, connecting to their body, that would be a good reason to explore um, in these safe ways we've talked about. If someone's had a lot of trauma and traditional talk therapy is not working, uh, what are some other reasons that you think it would be a good option for someone to explore? Well, I think that there's a lot that I could say about this. For one thing, humans generally have a long history of just loving mind-altering substances. It's I think there's something really about human nature where we love the we love drugs. We love trying things that will shift our perspective, shift our experience. And psychedelics are just such a powerful way to just plop you right out of all your current mind patterns. So I like to think of, um, I like to think of the brain as, you know, 
we understand the brain is made up of neurons and neural pathways. And so if you think of it like a roadmap, there are certain highway systems that your brain is constantly traveling on. You go down the same pathways all the time, every day. It's These are repeated um, thought patterns and movements that you don't even know you're doing them because they just happen so often. And what psychedelics do is they essentially kick you off those highways, those really, those pathways that you're just constantly traveling down and they send you onto different routes that you've never tried before. And so you're seeing a whole new world off of the the big highway system. Mm. Um, And so you're able to get that perspective. I mean, I feel like so much of it is about perspective on your situation that can just really help you understand, you know, things that you've been doing that aren't serving you and the ways that you've been looking at things and to really see the, how the thought patterns you've been having were not, not healthy and, um, and get, get a deeper understanding of yourself and your circumstances and the people around you and your experiences. Mm. I love that analogy and that metaphor. Thank you for sharing that. And it is so true. You know, we change our perspective, we change our life. And something my husband and I always talk about is our desire is to bring feelings to perspective and perspective to feelings so that we don't get overwhelmed to our feelings or so attached to a certain perspective, but that we have integration and both for ourselves and and for our relationships. Yeah, I love that. So let's talk about how these substances may have been, um, could be, could be used for both good and then the not so good in relationships. Like you've mentioned your experience and, um, I'll just share, you know, I have seen sometimes this become a, I don't want to say an addiction, but almost like a spiritual badge of honor that people think I've done, you know, eight ayahuasca journeys, or I've done all these things and it becomes, something they're really attached to versus a a growth mechanism. It's more like just something that's now an entrenched part of their life. And therefore they either want to be with someone who also has that, you know, spiritual warrior mentality, or I've also seen people connect in ceremonies and then they, they, you know, really, go fast into their relationship, but then it doesn't necessarily have the real world integration to, to prop it up and to keep the relationship going. And that's why I think the work you do as an integration coach is just absolutely key. But do you want to share a little bit about like the good and the so-called bad, even though those are just constructs um, in relationships? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I did mention my, my story where I basically got together with my husband while we were on acid all the time. And, um, and in that, in that setting, he was a perfect match for me because we were into the same things and, um, we were always in that, that space. Um, but I didn't ever, I didn't really leave room to see what he was like outside of that experience. And, you know, when people show up for psychedelic ceremonies and experiences, that brings out really the best in us often we're in community we're really we're when we're really near to those experiences we are in that place of having that higher perspective and we're sort of acting out our best versions of ourselves but you know six months down the road we can if we especially if we're not integrating well we can you know really fall back into some of our 
less healthy patterns and ways of being. And so to get really caught up in a relationship in that setting, you might, um, you might, you might align really well when you're in a place of just like loving everybody and loving all of existence and just really in that sort of higher vibrational place. But the reality is, is that, um, to move forward as fully embodied people, we kind of, most of us come back down into being a little bit more weary of people and a little bit less high and, you know, high vibrational, I guess. And that's when relationships can, that's when relationships can be tricky. And I feel like there's definitely, there's definitely a culture and there's a lot of people out there who anytime something hard comes up, they're like, oh, I need to go do ayahuasca or I need to get psychedelics. Mm -hmm. And that to me, it just demonstrates a failure to integrate. And if I don't really know where I'm going with this, just that, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely important to remember that how you're feeling now is not necessarily how you're going to be feeling in six months. And so time is just huge. It's a huge part of all this. And, um, and also if your relationship requires that you guys go and do ceremony together every so often, then that's, that means that you're not actually addressing the problems in your relationship, right? Because you're not integrating that work and bringing it back into the relationship because you're having to go and do it again. And so it's just like any other fix or, um, band-aid, you know, and, and psychedelics can be like that. I'm really glad that you shared that. Um, and I totally agree. <laughs> the integration is key and not using it as a, okay, I need this in order to get through this situation. I find it's more powerful for my own experience to go through a situation and then a few months or a year later, then go to the medicine to get clarity, but get through it in your human way and your, you know, the way that you can with this, with the skills and tools and perspective that you have. And that forces you to create new support structures, new um, professional or personal relationships, new practices. And I believe it makes you psychologically stronger to be able to handle whatever message it is that the medicine wants to bring through. Yes, exactly. I, that's perfect. I love that to get through the situation and then revisit it with the psychedelics way down the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My husband loves Ken Wilber, who's an integral um, theorist, I guess you could call him. But he has a concept of states and stages and how a lot of times we're chasing states like an, a high state or an upstate or an exalted state. But if we haven't done the work to move to different stages in our life, then it's just going to be a lot of spikes and you know peaks, but we're not going to know how to integrate that. And so working with someone like you, taking time after a journey, um, making sure that you're not you know running into the same roadblock in, in ceremony or getting the same message is all all really key. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and remaining open to the, the fact of the matter, which is that you're going to, even if you're doing a really amazing job integrating, 
three months to after a ceremony, you're not going to be in the same place that you were right after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just having allowing, that time is important. Yeah, allowing the time and just trusting the process and just being open to the reality of, you know, what it means to be a human. We we can't just change everything all at once. We have to we have to give ourselves the time. We have to rest. We have to. Um, we're we're talking about reprogramming our minds, which are so deeply programmed and we've been, you know, running the same patterns for our entire life. And so, you know, people talk about the life-changing psychedelic experience and that's definitely out there and you can absolutely have it. But um, when you're talking about really trying to change yourself and change your relationships, it, it requires a much longer term investment in yourself and your process. Mm. Oh, I <laughs> said beautifully. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you want to share before we wrap up? Um, let's see. I'm not, I don't know. Um, I guess I want to share just quickly, uh, because so, yeah, I guess I would like to say that the most important thing is safety. So mm-hmm be careful. Um, you know, these are because psychedelics are not yet legal. It's, uh, you have to really trust your sources and don't, um, I really don't recommend that anybody like fly to Peru and find a miscellaneous person and start drinking medicine with them because that can be really dangerous. Mm -hmm. And, um, remember that the the container and the boundaries and the space that you set up is really important. And also, I just want to say that I love psychedelics and I'm so committed to working with them. Um, but, and, and this is one of the reasons why I started my podcast, they are not the only tool in the shed. And there are so many other ways to do all of this work. So if you're not drawn to them, that's totally okay. And um, if you you can, if you want to listen to my podcast, you could definitely get a lot of the insights that people get from psychedelics from listening to it, or you can just keep doing whatever you're doing and know that they're out there. And if you feel called, then, then do it. Absolutely. But, um, don't feel like you're, you have to do them, or if you don't do them, you're going to miss out because they're really not for everybody. And and that's okay. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Not a requirement. You know, you can get to these states from psychedelics in other ways. It might not happen as quickly. Um, I feel like psychedelics kind of bring everything really to your, to your face, bring it to your face quickly. Um, I had a meta just really quickly on that. I was on a meditation retreat, um, in October of 2015 And it was a pretty intense meditation retreat. I had done a little bit of psychedelic before then, but not too much. I think I had done MDMA once or twice and I had done LSD once and I had done ayahuasca, I think once or twice. Anyway, I had um, a meditation on this retreat where we were meditating on our own and we were outside and I was looking at the, the stupa and the prayer flags and it was in the forest in Northern California. And as I was meditating, all of a sudden the scene that I was looking at with my eyes open, cause this was a, a Dzogchen retreat, which is a type of meditation and practice where you keep all of your senses alive and, and open. Anyway, I was meditating with my eyes open and all of a sudden everything that I was looking at pixelated and with my eyes open, it all of a sudden looked white as if, 
the screen of reality had pixelated and dissolved and all I could see was white. And it really freaked me out. I laid down from sitting up, I laid down and I was like, Oh my God, I hope when I open my eyes, the world is still here. And I realized that I had, you know, stimulated my own DHT basically like in, in my pineal gland. And that's what created that, that burst of, of white light, but it felt very much like a psychedelic experience. And I was telling my friend about it and he was like, well, yeah, everything that you can do on psychedelics, you can get to without psychedelics. It just takes a lot of practice and a lot of skill and a lot of whatever, whatever. But the reason I'm saying that is not to toot my own horn. I'm saying that to say that the integration piece we've been talking about is so important. The embodiment and spiritual practices and social practices to support it is important. And to Lucy, your point, if you don't feel called, you don't have to do it. You can still have amazing, amazing experiences without the medicine. Yes, absolutely. And that is a perfect example. That sounds like such an awesome experience. I'm really glad you shared that. Yeah, it was terrifying. I was like, oh my God, the world doesn't exist. Everything I thought was here is just like the screen and there's only white light behind it. But, but now I think it's kind of cool. But in the t- at the time I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, well, so on this, just quickly on this topic, um, I have been in a, in a coach training program which has been a really awesome intensive uh, program where my teacher said that basically the very first day she said, I'm teaching you guys to be entheogenic substances for your clients. So when you're coaching somebody, it is like having a psychedelic experience and that's how she coaches and that's how she's trained us. And um, yeah, it's really powerful. I've been in a lot of experiences with her where I have felt I had was having that I felt like I was on psychedelics. And so there are definitely powerful ways to get there without having to (laughs) take psychedelics. Wow. I love that concept. It just ties back to what you said earlier in the episode about I am the medicine and the medicine is me. You know, whether or not you're doing psychedelics or not, we all have that power to be a catalyst for change and positivity and growth and new perspectives and bringing that level of intentionality to all our relationships and all our interactions would massively change the world with or without the medicine. So thank you so much, Lucy, for sharing your wisdom and your experiences. And where can people contact you if they want to learn more? Um, so on my, my website is www.psychedelicpc.com. Um, so you can find my podcast on there. My podcast is also on all the main podcasting places. So it's just, it's just called Psychedelic by Lucy Baldwin. And uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Lucy. And thank you everyone for listening in. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in and turning on for healthy love because better relationships mean more power, more creativity, and a better planet. I'm here to end the suffering of abuse and loneliness, and it starts with you. Please subscribe to my show and leave a review.